listening to Cinema Spin. Hello, everybody. I am Matt. I'm Jason. And welcome to a brand new episode of Cinema Spin. We're back. After a week away, we're back. And, uh, man, we've got two more movies to review. Yep, we got two more movies. The, uh, so the, uh, just, you know, to chit-chat, the Oscars were announced this week. Um, not that, oh, that's uh, right. We really uh, matters. Uh, uh, to, no, but uh, it's, to it, it's a thing. I, I guess it does, it has to matter. It's one of the bit. two biggest nights for movies, right? I, I mean, guess. you have to at least, you know, you have to still at least acknowledge their presence. Yeah, you, you've heard me complain about this, but uh, but it's it's so much less fun. Of there's like uh, eight to ten uh, best picture nominees. Yeah, it just makes it no fun to sort of handicap. Well, yeah, it's because every movie, every movie that that had any sort of critical acclaim. You know, and, and financial success is going to be nominated, except for um, movies that actually made money. You know, like like Spider Man. Anyone who's at who who pays somewhat close attention should be able to come up with what seven to eight out of ten. Out of yeah, the, you know, yeah. You know, so and I think I think I had eight out of ten or something. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, you know, that 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 was the uh, uh, the Dark Knight rule, right? Because they they changed that because they wanted to uh, make more. They wanted to expand the field to have more commercial movies. Because every time you, uh, uh, you know, the Oscar nominations, there are all these sort of critically acclaimed sort of art house prestige movies, movies right? the general populace hasn't gotten to yet or exactly. will never get to exactly but what's happened since they've done that g- given five more chances they're going to nominate five more prestige oscar movies yeah right? that seems to be the case it's, yeah it takes something like dune to break that yeah yeah well i mean yeah even dune has uh is some art house credit yeah it has, so, has yeah. a little more art house cred but you know i mean look at spider-man i mean there's everybody loves spider-man it made a, a ton of money um, why not, why not nominate Spider-Man? Well, yeah, especially when there's some that are nominated that you can really kind of, you know, I mean, to each his own, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, who would argue that don't look up didn't need to be nominated. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I mean, I don't have the, li- I, I don't have the list in front of me and God knows I'm not going to, well, I think you, you'd, you'd pull King Richard, I'm sure. Um, oh God. King Richard. Yes. You know, and not I, a fan. I, I didn't, uh. I don't know. I I wouldn't have considered it a best picture nominee when I watched it, but I don't. It's not something that offends me necessarily. King, well, King Richard is exactly the kind of movie, uh, the kind of second tier uh, uh, art house movie uh, that wouldn't have gotten nominated back with only five nominations. Definitely, but now there's definitely. ten. They'll throw that in, you know. Um, so it's it's yeah. Anyway, so that's <laughs> that's the end of my rant. I also was upset that the uh, the actress whose name is escaping me the uh, contortionist uh who was the best reason to see the tragedy of macbeth oh uh, the, yeah the yeah the one who played the, the witches the witches yes uh boy she should have got nominated for uh, best supporting actress and didn't but okay there's my impromptu rant about the uh, about the Oscars. You know the guy from Coda, first first deaf yeah. male yes. to ever be nominated. And for Coda Oscar. nominated for best uh, uh, best picture, probably not gonna you know make it end. But uh, but any any attention that movie gets, you know, I love that movie. I two was... two married couples are nominated. To, uh, you know, that's kind of uh-huh. weird. Javier Bardem uh-huh. and Penelope Cruz Penelope both Cruz. nominated. Yeah, as well as Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst. Oh, right, Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. For playing a married couple in a movie, so yes, right. Um, some yes, of the, some it's, of the it's, weird quirks of, yes. of the Oscars this year. Um, of course, if you're, you know, uh, of uh, of of the people in Power of the Dog, um, 
I mean, I guess Jesse Plemons is okay, but I was not a, I was not particularly a fan of uh, of Kristen Dunst in that movie. Um, so I mean, I thought she the was character, fine. The character I, was out of the good. the four nominees, I yeah. thought Jesse Plemons was was the one that was the easiest for him to pull off. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he could yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't it's, require it's, a lot of him. Yeah, but. yeah. And I, I feel I kind of feel the same way about her performance too. So it's it's strange. It's good to see. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, um, uh, the other asked actors nominated but uh but that's the movie that's clearly got all the you know obviously everybody every major actor in that film is nominated for their their particular yeah right um category so i think that's got to be the front runner at this point yeah yeah it, certainly it's uh really done well in the uh the the, the sort of pre-oscar uh competition from what i understand so. the only thing that is sort of yet to be seen as far as its viability is ultimately will the netflix of it all be enough to because there are significant members of the academy that will not vote for a movie that was released on netflix yeah yeah but maybe we're at the point where uh you know a few years ago that wasn't possible now it, it might be yeah and we're gonna get there eventually because that's just the future but that's just yeah that's just how it's gonna be um right but so. uh i don't know we'll see find out in a couple months and a long way to go to find out the the uh the winners this year yeah so all right, well, I guess let's get into the review portion of our show. Okay, yes. And, um, well, take it away. Okay, so the new movie that we uh, are talking about this week is uh, Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Nile, right? Death on the Nile. <laughs> Death on the Nile, right. That's right. So uh, this is Kenneth Branagh's uh, follow-up to his uh, his movie that came out in 2017, Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, this was his first uh that was his first foray into adapting the famous novels of uh, of Agatha Christie, right? And uh, like that movie, this has a uh, just a, a big uh, ensemble cast with lots of different characters and lots of different peoples, people, uh, and lots of different motives for maybe wanting people dead, um, and uh, a lot of people who are um, sort of uh, willing to kind of casually try to kill other people, right? <laughs> Um, lots of red herrings. Everyone has a major character <laughs> flaw. Yes. So, okay. So what do we have here? Well, um, actually, Death on the Nile, the truth of the matter is, Death on the Nile is a science fiction story <laughs> about a hairy alien symbiote who attaches itself to Kenneth Branagh's face and forces him to speak in a terrible French accent. Um... No, no, no. Really, it's a uh, it's a mystery about an ill-fated boat trip uh, made by a small army of rich people up the titular river. There is simply no way to summarize who all these people are and why some of them might want, want each other dead. Um, Gak, why would you try? The movie tries for 90 minutes and still can't make it all clear. Uh, but one of them, one of them uh, uh, is the legendary detective Hercule Poirot, played by Kenneth Branagh. Um, with the uh, comically uh, awful mustache, right? Um, another is a newlywed, uh, newlywed played by Gal Gadot, uh, looking gorgeous, uh, who has to watch her back because her husband's former lover has uh, invited herself along on their honeymoon up the Nile. Um, the rest of the cast is mostly and oddly a cavalcade of problematic actors. Uh, there is comedian-turned-professional conspiracy theorist Russell Brand, <laughs> Um, in a pointlessly dramatic role. Um, there is anti-vaxxer and transphobe Letitia Wright um, of Black Panther fame for now. And of course, there is sexual sadist and aspiring cannibal Army Hammer um, <laughs> in presumably his final major film role. <laughs> With any luck. 
<laughs> so uh, people die. Perot solves the murders before Army Hammer eats the bodies. Um, what did you think, Matt? <laughs> well, I didn't think a whole lot of this. Um, I knew there was going to be a problem when uh, I figured out who was the murderer uh-huh. yeah. really early on. Yeah. I should start growing my ridiculous mustache now. <laughs> Wait, you ha- you're getting some facial hair growing well, right it now. It took him an entire film to figure out something that it was pretty obvious to me. Yeah. Because in I, I've not seen any earlier version of this, but if you're familiar with Agatha Christie, the person who has the least possibility by the scenario to have done it obviously usually did it. Right. You know, but had, along the way, there are so many, like I said, red herrings and, and, well, and, and you know. Uh, the accusatory fashion in which Perot, I mean, Perot or whatever you're Perot. supposed to say. Perot. Uh, Perot. Yeah. No matter what your, your, your um, no matter the actors, no matter what kind of accent they have, whenever they say Hercule Perot, right, they yes. say it in perfect French uh-huh, dialect. Right, yes. They, 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 <laughs> they sound snap like out of their American Pew, accent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the accusatory nature in which he questions people to where they feel like, you know, he'll, mm-hmm. every time it's like you're supposed to think, well, this is it. He's nailing them down to the... Right, yeah, telling yeah. them why they did it and, pretty, yeah. you know. And then it just goes over and over while he questions every single person. Right. Um, yeah, I, I didn't didn't get into this at all. It just uh, felt like a movie that was just going through the motions, really. It, it, it had... Uh, you know all the tenets of the typical Agatha Christie stuff. All those, all those characters making the, you know, there's all these uh, set pieces where Perot's about to say something, and mm-hmm. all the characters slowly appear in the hallway. You know, they, uh-huh. they all appear right. out. They all appear out like they yeah. all got to be assembled. Otherwise, if somebody's missing, uh-huh. you'd suspect that's them. a clue, <laughs> right? Um, this is just pretty dumb. I mean, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> This features some super shoddy special effect. I mean, CGI. So yeah, 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 exactly. So so um so for the first for more than an hour of this movie called Death on the Nile, <laughs> they don't, there, not, there's yeah. no death. It's just the Nile, and there's no Nile for a long time. <laughs> well, well, no, and uh, so. So really, the first half is just the Nile, right? <laughs> but uh, and and uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh as the director is so. Uh, he he's so obsessed with with uh, showing how beautiful all all of the scenery is, and it's all clearly done on a computer on a hard drive in, in Tarzana, yeah. right? Yeah, the, the it's it's none of it looks real for an instant, and it's no. like it's like he hasn't. It's like we haven't. We're he assumes we haven't seen a movie since Jurassic Park, right? <laughs> that we can ju- we're, we can just sit back in awe at how how uh, how lifelike these uh, the pyramids look. Yeah, right? you're talking about, you know, we're seeing lifelike beasts being animated now. Yeah, scenery is not. It's, it should yes. be able to fool us. Yes, now. right. Um, now in the movie, there's like a an emphasis or maybe an obsession with. Cemetery, uh huh. Um, is that a pro characteristic? Because I noticed, I was thinking, you know, because a lot of times the, the, there are things like, like when he's sitting at the at when he's sitting watching the pyramids, uh-huh. the pyramids are in perfect symmetry, symmetry, and there's mm-hmm. a bunch of other things. As things are going through doors, they're perfectly symmetrical. Huh. Two boats are moving; they're symmetrical. But and there's also a sequence when they're in the morgue, the makeshift morgue on the boat, and there's yeah. a dead body. Uh huh. And one of the Feet is askew. Uh huh. Perot nudges the uh-huh. foot to make it symmetrical with the other foot. 
So I don't know if that's like a character trait of Perot. I Perot's think he is obsessive compulsive. OCD. Yeah. I think I, I think that's that's a okay. Uh, well, as a, a director, Kenneth Branagh might be as well. <laughs> right. You think his if if he were, you think his uh, his special effects would look better, right? You would um, think. Uh, so uh, yeah. So the first hour of this movie um, is. A prescription strength sedative. Well, first of right? all, this movie starts with an origin story for a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does for that mu- for the t- yes for the famous mustache. Right, <laughs> right, yes. Be- well, and, and 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 good because that mustache requires explanation. It, it does, I right. suppose. That might be the best part of the movie, though. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, if if you have to see this movie, I suggest you don't. But if you have to see this movie, I suggest like a case of Red Bull and a bucket of ice water, right? Because you are gonna need it through the first hour of this movie until finally somebody dies, right? <laughs> but the first hour of this movie, I mean, there are whole scenes where he's just listing people in the cast <laughs> and th- what they do for a living, right? And it's just yeah. like, well, there's this person and then there's this person and this person and he might have a motive for blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't like her because she controls his money and blah. It's just like, Ugh. He's clearly in love with this character. Yeah, right. You know, and it's just... And, and, and too much in love with, I, I guess, the source material, right? The source material is really old-fashioned by today's standards. Definitely. And that's yeah. really the problem here because it's it's pretty true. To- I, I I I think I think you're right there. Um, I I, I think um a, a lot of what we're complaining about is Agatha Christie. Yeah, I think an older you know for somebody who's been into that their whole life might think this is a reasonable adaptation of of the material because it probably yeah. is. Um, it just it just doesn't ring true for me. I you know. You know me. Um, um, I tend to over prepare and see a lot of uh, you know, m- movies tangential to it. You know, mm-hmm. I considered um uh, watching the original nineteen seventy eight version with Peter Ustinov as, um, as Perot, um, and I considered watching the murder Murder on the Orient Express just to see kind of what sure. the maybe better version of this material is. But I swear to God, after I saw this movie, I drove myself to the hospital to have a blood transfusion because I, I was just so, <laughs> I I physically felt bored right <laughs> well, at least the cat- I, I, I felt like it had just drained the life out of my, <laughs> I, I out of my my body right um so yeah uh you know at least the cast of murder on the or- the orient express is not so problematic i mean when, just johnny depp yeah when well yeah that's true that's true yeah w- when you see army hammer dancing yeah with gal gadot and the way he's like yeah, you know, there's sort of dirty dancing. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just feels extra creepy. Yeah, you know, he's yeah, like, yeah, hoping he's... to get a rib sandwich. Later yeah, <laughs> right, right. He likes it. <laughs> right, you and know, it's just... uh, yes, uh, uh, yes, bad casting. Uh, all, I, I mean, that scene's creepy. Uh, him, we're expected to sort of care about him. And and uh, care about what happens to him and so on. And you just, I found it, yeah, I found it really hard to sort of get past um, him. 
and, and, and his problems. You know this, and then and why? Why any any good looking actor can play this can play this part? There is nothing asked of him particularly no, abs- particularly not. challenging here. Uh, so yeah, once again, I, I you know this is more a complaint about Chris, uh, about Agatha Christie, uh, but like. The as I said before, it's fascinating in these movies how casually people just try to kill e- just try to kill each other, right? Because even at the end, when it's revealed who the real killer is, there were all these other sort of uh, half-assed attempts to kill people. Yeah, the there's time. other crimes. And so, yeah, there's other crimes. So you have to like say, oh well, uh, no, it wasn't him. It was this other guy. <laughs> and then he's like, yep, that was me. I saw my chance, and I I pushed a, tried to push a big rock on top of him. Right, yeah, and that guy goes. Well, that guy leaves unscathed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, spoiler alert. But, right. Yes, I guess we're spoiling this movie. But, you know, I my, I my issue with, you know, as the uh, <laughs> podcast firearms expert, I have some <laughs> ballistic issues with this movie as well. Oh, yeah? Well, a twenty two is not a good murder weapon. Yeah, yeah. It's unpredictable, especially out of that short-ass little gun. Yeah, with this 1939 um, little... And then at the end when they shoot each other through with the same gun. Yeah. I don't... That, yeah. That bullet's not going to penetrate two people. Yeah, well, right, yeah, yeah, exactly, right, yeah, 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 yeah. there's no way a twenty two no. is going to make it through, it barely would make it through Army Hammer. If it made it through, oh, if it, spoiler alert, I'm sorry. If it, if it, made, <laughs> if it, if it made it through the uh, the first person, yeah. it certainly wouldn't have any, you know. No, there's also, there was also a forty five automatic hanging around. Yeah, now that, that, that work. That'd shoot, that maybe shoot. One person was people. murdered with that. Yeah, the, uh, the right. One, from behind the curtains. Yes. Again, don't don't listen to this podcast. Right, right. I mean, if the, if the worst thing that ever happens to you is you get this movie spoiled for you, I, you're living a charmed life, as the, far as the, I'm concerned. The thing is, I, I I think even with the spoilers that we're giving here, this movie is so convoluted that you're not gonna. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. You're you're not gonna see any of it coming. Yeah, unless somebody's <laughs> studying this podcast, and, and why would they? Right. You know, the, uh, Save your money. Yeah, I just uh, there's just so much explaining, so much there's so much homework in this movie. So so it's so hard to keep track of any of the characters that I don't want to. I I stop trying. I don't care which of them killed each other. I don't care which of them die or why. Stop enough, (laughs) right? This is a movie where you you check you check the time like two thirds of the way through, and you're like, oh my god, how can there still be another half an hour of this? I, I just liked it. Less than you, but not not okay. by a whole lot. Yeah, it, it was uh, <laughs> didn't require medical attention. <laughs> <laughs> no defibrillators necessary. <laughs> yes, but, I, uh, I I genuinely. I don't think the crowd that was with me was was too into it either. I didn't hear any reactions. But... <laughs> did you hear any snoring? <laughs> I don't think I did. <laughs> the only <laughs> snoring I heard was myself. <laughs> snoring woke yourself with your own snoring. <laughs> there, I, I will I will admit this. This is this is bad uh, uh, sort of like uh, you know movie critic or f- film fan etiquette, but um, my wife had to poke me a couple times because <laughs> uh, I because I, I had dozed off and was was snoring. Um, I think it's forgivable in this yes, case, right? So because <laughs> that first after the first scene in the club, there's like a before they actually the murder happens there's a real lull where nothing's going on whatsoever except like characters are... characters 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 people 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 yeah. people 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 it's like people boarding the boat right yes and is it just me or did that boat kind of just seem like a set it didn't feel real yeah it didn't now, granted, seem real. i know nothing about 
steamships yeah, of the yeah, dial. Yeah, no, in the no, 1930s. it did. It just seemed like it seemed like everything else. It just seemed like a set. It yeah. seemed like maybe there was something in the foreground, and everything in the background was painted on a computer in somewhere in in in, in Hollywood. Yeah, right. It's um, a very fake. I, I told <laughs> I told Beth at, at one point like. You know, because they do love the, uh, Branagh does love that ship. He he <laughs> he ponders over it and shows us all the aspects. Oh yeah, you know how big and beautiful. There's the yacht no part is of that ship you don't see. Right? Yeah, and I I, I uh, said to Beth at one point, God, this is like the most boring episode of Succession. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. The you, worst. I don't know if you watch that show, but they're always. I don't, but I know. I know. Yeah, they're know, always on giant yachts. Right? Yeah. Um, so watch Succession, don't watch Death on the Nile. Agreed. All right, well, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. And we are back for the second half of Cinema Spin. Yes, we are. Our random retro film for tonight is Magic, a psychological thriller from 1978. The film was directed by Richard Attenborough. And how odd is it that this is the third time the randomizer has given us an Attenborough film to review, the other two being hmm. A Bridge Too Far and Shadowlands. Hmm. In Magic, the main character Corky is played by Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, that's right, a grown man named Corky. <laughs> but I digress. Corky is an emotional, fragile student of a once great musician named Merlin. Merlin is dying, you see, and there is a race of sorts to get Corky the confidence he needs to succeed as a magician before Merlin is gone. As the movie begins, we see Corky on stage failing miserably, as not a single person in the audience is interested in his, in his selection of card tricks. When we next see Corky, it is a year later and things have changed. The crowd loves him and his new part and the new partner he has acquired for his act, a ventriloquist dummy named Fats. The act is about to hit the big time, as we learn from his agent, played by Burgess Meredith. The late night talk shows are beginning to call, and a television show might even be in the works. Triggered by a TV network wanting to submit, wanting Corky to submit to a medical exam, the still emotionally fragile man flees for his life and the big city in an attempt to get things figured out and get his mind to a healthier place. He flees to the Catskills, the place where he grew up, and holds up in a rental cottage. The location is not a coincidence, however, as we soon learn the resort is owned by Corky's former high school crush, Peggy, played by Anne Margaret. Peggy is stuck in an unhappy marriage, and soon enough, Corky and Peggy begin a steamy slash icky romance yes steamy and icky yes <laughs> things at that point only grow darker and more sinister and uh the rest is sort of a well you can probably guess <laughs> <laughs> you can guess it's uh fairly predictable uh, one of the one of uh, one of the shortcomings of this movie one when criticism i make of this movie is that it, it uh is a bit predictable yeah it i does, guess you kind of know where right. it's probably yes. gonna go right what'd you think Full disclosure: I have a previous relationship to this movie. <laughs> um, I've never, I had never seen it before, but um, in, circa nineteen seventy eight, I was tra- uh, I was traumatized by the, the TV uh, spots for this. That uh, just you, you can still see them online. They just have uh, a, a sort of close up of uh, of Fats sort of talking about how he's going to get you and blah blah blah. Right? That TV spot is effectively creepy. Yes, and so uh, I I was terrified. So um, yes, it's been a long time coming for me to actually check this out. And my uncle David used to make fun, use it against me and make fun of me. So as all um, uncles should. Yes. Uh, so it's been a long time coming. Um, I I really liked this movie. Um. 
I looked at this movie's uh, uh, pedigree, and I, usually when a movie is pretty obscure and it has this kind of pedigree, you're like, oh, it's a stinker. We've kind of been through this right, before, right? right. This is uh, written by uh, William Goldman, who's a legendary uh, 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 screenwriter, uh, one of the most famous screenwriters of all time, uh, based on his novel. It's directed by, as you say, by R- Richard Attenborough. It's an early uh, effort from uh, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, and Burgess Meredith. Um, so I figured this movie was maybe going to be kind of a stinker um, and a miss. Uh, I I really was uh, pretty compelled by it. Um, I think uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins is uh, he 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 plays a sympath a sympathetic loser really well, right? Um, and his uh, and his sort of uh, sort of gradual slide from being this. Um, kind of needy, uh, emotionally unstable guy into full-on sort of nutso. Um, I, I I thought was really uh, was really effective. This movie, you know, obviously it's it's got problems and mm-hmm. and it's you know not paced particularly great in parts. Yeah, the performance though is just amazing. I, yeah. I, I just really think a lot of it. it it's he's so fully into it. I mean, yeah. as as he is in probably everything he's ever done. I mean, yeah. He, yeah, this guy's got a got a future in acting. Yeah, this this uh, Hopkins, this uh, Tony Hopkins it, person is going places. It's just a great performance. Yeah, and it just drives the movie. It's it's, you know, I mean, you you look at it, you watch him making mistakes as a character, but because he's not like the clever genius, he's he's no, he's very no. fragile and vulnerable. Yeah. And I think um, that's kind of what makes the character. It's not this movie is not at all what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, 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 it wasn't really um, what I thought it was going to be either. I thought it was going to almost turn into like a, um, you know, almost like a slasher movie with the, uh-huh. you know, you I thought it was going to be a little Chucky. Yeah, way. I thought not, it was going to be a little gone, more straight up horror. Yeah, and not not about psychological, uh, you know, not more not as psychological as it was. Um, I like Burgess Meredith in this. In his Burgess Meredith is fantastic. He, in this it movie. is, and there's not it's not a big, huge role, but. It's um, just the whole time he's on screen, you're just like, uh, yeah, right. Uh, and he gets all the best lines. Uh, um, he does. The uh, uh, William Goldman's uh, sense of humor really shines through. He won. He won an Oscar for uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, he also wrote uh, 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 Princess Bride. So, so oh, okay. He, so he's a. Uh, uh, so he's got a good sense of humor. But there's uh, he puts. Uh, but Burgess Meredith gets some really great lines in here as his uh, uh, his sort of like. His agent, who is very sympathetic to him and wants him to succeed, but has also sort of seen it all. You know, he's also right. sort of a, he's also sort of a killer, right? Um, you know, when he says, uh, he asks his uh, secretary, what's the first rule of being an agent? Right. And her response, because she's heard this a million times, is never forget that an actor killed Lincoln. <laughs> right. I write that down. <laughs> right. And, and later on, he's got, you know, he calls, uh, 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 he calls Corking. He's like, I'm here with a room full of producers. There's this guy. There's this guy. I mean, you know, between them all, there's a, a, an IQ of 100 here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. Right. Uh, he says, I, mean, I didn't put it together be, yeah, or whatever. This might be my favorite line in, in, in the movie. <laughs> he says, I lived through Tallulah Bankhead and the death of vaudeville. I don't scare easily. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, he's fantastic. My favorite scene in this movie. I, I think it's going to be the same. The five-minute scene. The five-minute scene. The five, the, I got to circle around it. Yeah. That is so awesome. It's so awesome. So, uh, so yeah, so Corky is in hiding in this place where he thinks nobody can find him. All of a sudden, uh, his... Uh, 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 the agents uh, track him down. Agent Ben uh, tracks him down and uh, sees him kind of having 
this uh, unhealthy uh, psychotic relationship with uh, w- uh, with a dummy, right? And uh, and and that uh, that Corky's only able to express himself through through yeah, a dummy. He swears right? it's not the case, right? You know, and um, and so he sits him down and he says, "Okay, uh, like, I'll tell you what, kid. I tell you what, go five minutes without talking through uh, talking through fats." And uh, and you'll yeah. you'll we'll prove be, to we'll me, right? Fine. And that scene is really really <laughs> well done. Cool. It's perfectly written. It's perfectly acted. It's very well directed. Um, it's just uh, it, it's an example of you know this movie has it has it has some slack. It has some moments that that, that aren't, aren't so great, and it has some uh, so, some moments that I say as I say are really predictable. But there's there's a lot of really there are a lot of great great scenes in this movie. Yeah. And the- there's a lot of good, you know. There's a lot of weird characters in this because I, I think um, uh, Anne Margaret's character is a little strange. Yes, she's got yes. her some. Di- she's written weird. You know, she gives really weird dialogue. Yeah. Like when when Corky first shows up to try to go to room, you know, they don't know who each other are at this point, and he's, yeah. he's like saying, "I want a room." And she's like saying, "We're kind of closed." Right. Yeah. What the hell <laughs> does that mean? We're kind of closed. Or open. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, you know, she says something like at the end, uh, "Are you ever something?" You know, it's yeah, some yeah, weird, yeah, some weird lines. Um, but I think she's supposed to. They're trying to write her to be very down home, and and uh, yeah, I think she's supposed to not be sort of too bright. Yeah, I yeah. Think she's so, supposed to be um, like a... so, uh, <laughs> so the the real star of this movie though is is Fats, right? <laughs> that dummy is terrifying. It is, and if that dummy were any less terrifying, because there is a long, long tradition. Of scary dummy, uh, right? And, and hor- scary dummies and horror. There were two different Twilight Zone episodes about it. Uh, there, there were there have been lots of movies about you know some uh, ventriloquist dummy goes go, turns evil, right? Um, but I gotta say, Fats is uh, the most. Dis- I think the most disturbing. Well, it's crazy got, dummy. It's got the in right cinema history, like articulation. Yeah, yeah, right. And it looks. It doesn't look a lot like Anthony Hopkins, but just enough. Yeah. Just to you know, to say, oh, he's obviously well, and they wear it's, matching clothes at times. And, yeah, it's right in the middle of the Uncanny Valley. It, right? it is. I, I think that's a good example. Of, yeah, I mean, I mean, a good way of saying it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, um, one another. He was talking about good scenes. Another movie that uh, another scene in this movie that really, really got me was uh, we're not going to worry too much about spoiling, but uh, Duke, the husband, right? Duke is killed at one point. The scene where he is killed in this movie. Really, really got the, to the me. fishing sequence. You mean when they're out in the boat, or uh, no, uh, where he comes uh, in and uh, and he's sneaking around the uh, uh, the uh, uh, Corky's apartment, and he sees uh, uh, he sees oh, fats yeah, yeah. by himself. The, 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 right, yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, that scene is really, really well done. Yeah, because it makes you think that the the dummy. Did the murder at first by himself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I almost, I also almost don't want to ruin it for oh, yeah, that's true. Right, right, right. But, but yeah, you're, you're convinced because this whole movie they they kind of play it on the edge of whether uh, how much of this is in uh, Quirky's mind and how much of it might be right. The dummy might be actually evil, uh-huh. right? Yeah, and that scene really, really well done. Yeah, um, and and totally got me, totally got me thinking, what? Yeah, um. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know what at some point during the movie, I was like, "Oh man, I think I'm gonna like this movie." Yeah, <laughs> I was, right. I was not thinking yeah. that I was gonna, you know, I thought it was gonna be a pretty throwaway movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and it uh, it didn't turn. Yeah, like you say, it didn't turn out to be the movie that I thought it was gonna be, and it turned out to be a, a much much better movie. Um, 
now I mentioned in my intro that the the love affair is sort of icky. <laughs> There's a weird scene when uh, Corky and and uh, Peggy, played by Anne Margaret, mm-hmm. get together and they're they're making love for the first time, mm-hmm. and they're kissing. And it's just kind of weird. And then mm-hmm. there's a lot of like finger play around the lips. And I just didn't go for that. Right. There's, I, you know, when, when there's a love scene going on and you're like, ugh. There was, <laughs> I don't think that's what they're going for. Right. Uh, and there, there, there's other, there's another scene where, uh, well, there are a couple scenes, I guess, where uh, Anne-Margaret is kind of flirting with fats. <laughs> She's enamored like, with fats. Yeah, it's like... Kind of want to fuck the dummy. Fuck the dummy. Right? <laughs> I texted Jason. I said, "Did I miss out on high school by not having a ventriloquist dummy?" <laughs> I think we could have used a little bit more in the beginning. Um, uh, this movie makes some uh, some unconventional choices at the beginning and sort of setting all all of it up, uh, or at least. If it were made today, it would uh, there it would be set up differently. There would be a montage scene of him getting better and better at his <laughs> magic, right? Yeah. Instead, it's and, and you know that's a cliche, and I don't necessarily want to endorse movies using cliches. Instead, though, in this, it's a little abrupt. That yeah, he, go, he goes from really good. barely being able to contain us. I mean, to to have a stage presence. Yeah. And he's, he's so emotionally fragile to dominating. Yeah, and the other thing, and this is this is a, a kind of a bigger issue, is they they don't do what they could have done with giving more insight into why it is that Corky is particularly prone to uh, to disassociating in this way, because it's one thing to be sort of a you know a depressive loser and and and, and you know and sad and 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 whatnot and have mental mental problems, right? It's another thing to really go psych go go psychotic and, and disassociate yeah there's in, like in no this, this bizarre way where he's fixated on this alter ego right? yeah and the way it's portrayed this all has to happen in that lull between the the blowout on stage and him having corky and and doing yeah. really well right and yeah if there had been like some sort of backstory maybe. right now i say that a bit uh, a bit apprehensively because if we again, if we if we re- remade this movie today, it would all be sort of spelled out for us, right? It would yeah. be like, oh well, there's a flashback where he was beaten by his father, and he his you know his puppet was his yeah. only friend, right? Yeah, you know, the, the, I don't want that. The point is, do we really have to do that? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so I, I don't want that, but but the uh, there <laughs> needs to be a little more explanation of of why why he goes nuts in this way especially since the the flashbacks that we are given of his childhood seem perfectly normal right when he goes to the, back to the catskills and, and, and right, you know right. and sees his old house yeah i mean he's depressed that you know that it's all you know it's all dried up and the, yeah, the house he, is abandoned he, and everything there's right? no hint of what might have occurred there yeah but there's was... no yeah there's there's uh, very little uh, sort of in, there's very little psychological insight into him which is uh i think shortcoming Something I mentioned here that I thought Jerry Goldsmith's score in this is really good. Yeah, uh, speaking another Oscar winner. Uh, yeah, involved in this. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry Goldsmith's uh, did a lot of work. Score, Jerry yeah. Goldsmith's done a lot of work for Star Trek. I know. Yeah, among uh, many, many other things. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was. I thought to the, at one point I was listening to the music. I thought, oh, this is pretty good. This has got to be somebody I I would know. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. Of course. Yeah, I went and looked at the credits, and I did. So yeah. Uh um, yeah, I, I he uh, uh, won for the Omen, the score for oh, the of Omen. Course, yes, which that was another randomly. That, that's very stylized and less traditional score than yeah, this yeah. Is, yeah. But, uh, he should have won for Patton. That's one of the best scores. Yeah, that's a good score. Um, also Planet of the Apes. Um, so um, 
Yeah, uh, so this is, you know, uh, this is one of the reasons we do this show. Um, there, there, this is one of our yeah, this is aspirations in, in, in making this show, was that we would go back and we would find uh, movies that we missed or kind of forgotten <laughs> that are turned out to be pretty good. So far, um, True Grit and Magic has <laughs> been <laughs> our success story. 60 weeks, we've got two movies to show for it. <laughs> right. About one a year, yeah. right? I, I, I did not tell one person they got to go out and say, Bear, "Beware the blob." Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, you know, Doctor Goldfoot in the Bikini yeah, oh, Machine, yeah. right? Yeah. Or its sequel. Or its sequel. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, yeah, it's been the true gems that we've been pointed to have, have been few and far between. But yeah, uh, I'm happy to have the two we have. I guess it does yeah. give you sort of a a jolt when when it does happen. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, uh, it's a little surprise. I guess uh, you know the gimmick of the, uh, uh, the, the of this being sort of a, th- of a thriller about a dummy is uh, uh, got this maybe a bit of a bad reputation, but it's a yeah, I can it's, s- a, it's a solid film. You can only look at you, know, you. You look at it through what our our expectations kind of were. I guess other people would have the similar thing, and that would kind of mm-hmm. hold it down. I think. Yeah, 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 and you know, he, uh, Anthony Hopkins learned ventriloquism for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you can tell he's... Uh, he's quite... If, if yeah. he's as good as he as it looks like he is, on the, he's quite good. Yeah. Pleasant surprise yeah. with uh, 1978's Magic. Magic. All right, let's find out what our random movie is for next week's show. Okay. Ah, the year 2002, so 20 years old this year. Mm. Road to Perdition. Road to perdition. Um, but you, you might be right. Um, yes, uh, uh, I have not seen this movie. I know that Tom Hanks plays a gangster. Uh, yeah. Let's just say against type. <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. Yes. He, um, he went the villain route very few times in his career, even to this day. Yes, even to this day. So, so um, I've seen the movie, but it's been probably... I know I saw it in the theater when it came out. Okay. It's, it's been that long. Yeah, maybe I caught five minutes on cable or something okay. at some point, but uh, so um, it'll be pretty fresh in my mind. Yeah. All right. Um, as far as a new movie for next week, eh, it's kind of up in the air again. Yeah, up in the air. We'll figure something out. Um, we will keep you informed. Yeah, You'll yeah. know when we do. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new show. Goodbye for now. Uh, bye, everybody. <laughs>